0: It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit mikemayashiro.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I'm Mike, your host. And um, I've got a special guest for you today, whom I will introduce shortly. But before we do that, I want to tell you a funny story. Um, one of my roommates moved out a year ago, and when he left, he sold Marcus and myself, we're the guys who still live together, a Nintendo Switch. And so we just were like, sure, we'll, we'll take it. Because we played Mario Kart or Mario Party or whatever on that game, on that console. And there's a game called Super Mario Brothers, which obviously we, a lot of us know from back in the day. It's a side-scrolling, you know, you run through the level, jump up and down, jump on mushrooms, eat mushrooms, eat fire flowers, like thing. Anyway. This game is hilarious because it came out in the Wii and then now it's in the Switch. You can have four players doing this side-scroll thing, and so you're all running together. And you think that the level will be the challenge, but actually, in this scenario, the most difficult part of the whole experience is the other players on screen, <laughs> because when they jump, if they jump underneath you, they bump you up. If they jump on top of you, they shove you down. <laughs> if they run ahead of you and you don't get up over a pipe and the camera leaves you, you die. Like the other people are typically the more difficult of the experience, and so I've had a lot of. Experiences playing this game with people and it's such a funny social experience because you have these well-meaning polite kind Sophisticated adults, you know who like are poised and like usually really friendly and then you give them a controller and They're supposed to survive this game and then I'm not kidding within probably 30 seconds They are yelling at another adult in the room. They are yelling and I'm not I am not exempt from this scenario Usually when I'm done playing this game, like, for an hour with my friends, my throat hurts because I've been yelling so hard, you know what I mean, like, so much. You just, like, lose your mind. You forget what it's like to care about other people (laughs) or, like, how to be kind or gentle and all you do is scream at people for how they're ruining your life. It's so funny. And so last night at the recording of this, um, I had two women from my team who were using my office for a live stream they were doing, and so, and I was eating dinner downstairs and they came down like, let's play Mario, and I was like, I want you guys to play Mario. And like, play with us. It's like, I can't play, I gotta eat, but I'm happy to watch you play. So the two of them got a controller each, and they went through the levels, and literally within 30 seconds, they are yelling at each other. <laughs> and they're like best friends, you know? Like, they hang out on, like, on purpose. Like, they choose to be around each other, and in this moment, they were tearing each other apart. It was so funny. And it was also really liberating to not be in the mix, having to yell at anyone. I was just watching them both unravel. It was so funny. So if you haven't played Super Mario Bros. on either the Wii... You or the Switch, I'd highly encourage you to get your three favorite people in the world, you guys each get a controller, and see if you're still friends at the end of this experience. <laughs> oh, so funny. Anyway, that happened. That's going to keep happening, I love it. Okay, you guys, we've got a special guest today. Um, funny story, we actually had this person on <laughs> at the beginning of, um, actually, sorry, the end of 2019, and then the recording, we did it differently, and just it wasn't, well, we think there were other reasons why it didn't work, but... Anyway, it didn't work. So you guys, him. you never actually met her. But you guys, this is my good friend, Alyssa Cordova. She lives in D.C., but she's from Reading, California, originally, actually. Um, and she and I met at Bethel working together. Well, I guess I was working there. and you working there? Yeah. 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 Um, but now she is the vice president of publicity and marketing for Regnery Publishing, which, you know, is a big deal. Um, she is a political... Commentator, whether she means to be or not, that's true. It's who she is.
1: Okay, I'm just getting pretty
0: <laughs> liberal with this. this <laughs> I know. I'm just gonna start making this up. You're Right. When Liz and I get together, we talk about a lot of things, and politics is one of them, um, which is super fun. I don't do that a ton. Begrudgingly. Yeah, I really. like obligatorily <laughs> want to entertain the conversation, but yeah. Anyway. Um, you guys, this is Alyssa. Alyssa, do you want to say hi? Hey. And if you, do you want to amend anything I just said about who you are and give a better, more um, accurate
1: depiction? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, that, that, I guess that was accurate. The political commentator thing is interesting. And maybe you mean it in a different way, but in my world, a political commentator is like somebody whose job is to go yeah, on TV no, yeah, like, and like right. comment, and that's not what I do. I work <laughs> behind the scenes with those people to help them do well right. in that role. Nice. Yes.
0: Um, and so the original time that I interviewed Alyssa on my podcast, she had like a hangover afterwards. She felt like <laughs> <laughs> regretful and uncomfortable with whatever it is. That's that she's true. Right. But I just want right. to
1: clarify that it was like an oh, emotional right. hangover. Right. An emotional and <laughs> honesty hangover. Yeah. yeah. Not like a, an alcohol. Yeah. Vulnerability yeah. Um, a vulnerability hangover. Yeah.
0: a vulnerability hangover. So anyway, she, we were on a walk the other day and she was like, I was like, Hey, we should do a podcast episode right here. And she's like. Okay, listen. I'll do that as long as what were your stipulations so we can make sure we don't. Do that I don't anymore? know. She was like, I don't want to. I don't want the... to like have to talk about any particular. Yeah, I didn't want to have go
1: like yes. I didn't, didn't <laughs> want to be set up to be like we're going to talk about this one thing, right. and we're going to go deep into it or whatever. So the
0: goal today, you guys, is to not. Is focus to keep on any it shallow issues. and superficial. <laughs> <laughs> no, the goal is to not try and focus on anything in particular. Whatever we do end up focusing on is going to have to be something that Alyssa did not anticipate. Yeah, no, the goal comment. is
1: actually that I would think before I speak. That's really what I want. <laughs> right.
0: We're going to sidestep that whole problem.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So it, what's interesting about this, and we have to kind of do a little bit of recap or right, sure. review from last time since we didn't actually release that episode. Yeah. Um, but they
1: don't, what they don't know doesn't hurt them. You know what I mean? I know, but
0: it's still important to them. Okay. I mean, I want them to know who you are in my life first, right before we get into Oh, oh, well, like that would be yeah, yeah. Yeah. When Alyssa and I were getting to know each other, um, I was still at the onset of my discerning of spirits journey of like how I was teaching this to the world and releasing it and all that. And Alyssa is gifted in discernment and has like, we've had so many conversations hashing out specific nuanced behavior when it comes to social interactions and people's intentions and relationships and dynamics therein. And Alyssa is very astute and observant and... I would say she has a like a logical scientific approach to like assessing oh, this. Wouldn't you agree? I
1: don't know. I've never thought about that. You never said that. I've never thought oh, about really? that. Oh yeah. really? You don't think about it like yeah, that? Yeah, same way. Scientific that. <laughs> Talk about <me> some more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where you know, when obviously when you're picking something up in the spirit, there's a subjective experience there, right? There's a filter you automatically have to work through of like, is this true because that's what's happening objectively, or is, do I feel that way because of my past experiences, because right. of the pain that I've yeah. resolved, because of my offense with this person? We have to work through all those details, and so when you're working through that stuff, through your experience, you have to kind of check mark some of these mm-hmm. litmus tests, right, to figure out how much of this is accurate and how much of it is actually something you're imposing on a situation. Yeah, well, there's
1: a lot, it's a lot of data analytics. right? Because you have to accumulate like how different things feel And then you're like building a database in your mind over time so that you start to see patterns. And then you kind of recognize like, oh, that's what this feels like when it's coming off of somebody else versus that's what this feels like when I'm being triggered of something that's like going on in me. Right. Totally.
0: Yeah. And so I'd say that's a scientific approach. Okay. Right. It's trial and error. You have like educated guesses on where you think this thing's going to go and you experiment a little more and you introduce variables and... You discover laws of physics. Yeah, interesting. Right? Right? Yeah, (laughs) I just never
1: really. I mean, I don't disagree. Never
0: thought of it. So we've had a lot of awesome conversations, fleshing through that. I think actually, Alyssa was pretty catalytic and formative in at that phase of my life of me finding the right language and getting to go to extremes and like learning where this thing, where this stuff goes, and what can people pick up and what is you know transferable and whatever. Anyway, so um, that's been super fun. you did not. You weren't born a Christian, I mean, like you, didn't, you were raised <laughs> a Christian, right? Like uh,
1: you, yeah, no, I was raised like nominally Catholic.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you didn't actually meet Jesus till later in your
1: yeah, life. Yeah, till I was twenty-three. Right,
0: It was mm-hmm. like later, right? Yeah. Was you yeah. in college. After yeah. College? It
1: was my senior year. Of college,
0: oh. Yeah. And so you went on that journey. I went on that journey. And so journey. you didn't actually grow up with a whole like religious framework to interpret. No. Right. No. Things. Can you tell us a little about that real quick?
1: Yeah, I. Interesting. I haven't told this, talked about this in a while. Um, yeah, no, I didn't grow up with a framework at all. That's a good way to put it. Um, and then I had an encounter with the Lord, like literally out of nowhere. I was not. Can you seeking... tell us about that? Yeah, sure. I'll tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was in college and I was at a conference. It was actually a political conference over the summer for my, an internship that I was doing, and. I, like, went out and partied, like, with all the people, like, the night before, and so then the next morning, I was not feeling great, but I had to go or to... Were you hungover? I was hungover out was with there? alcohol, <laughs> not with vulnerability that time, <laughs> um, and I wasn't feeling great at, you know, whatever, if you've ever been hungover, you don't... Know, experience i guess um so i there was this luncheon and this woman was speaking and i couldn't i couldn't even tell you what she was talking about like what the topic of her speech was but i started feeling this like weird feeling which i didn't was it a physical
0: sensation an emotional one an intuitive one like
1: that's a good question it's it's i want to try to think of how i would describe it at the time i have language more language for it now that i have understanding of you know kind of the spirit realm or whatever it was a little bit physical it was a tangible it was like a tangible emotional experience is how i would describe it it was tangibility having
0: to do with physical st-
1: yeah right? it was not a, it was not like anything i had ever experienced before okay, so, so it was hard To put language, the way I would describe it at the time was that I felt bothered and I felt uncomfortable and I felt,
0: uh, maybe,
1: I always described it it as like someone was going like, it's like if someone was just following you, going like this, tapping on your head and it didn't hurt, but it's kind of annoying and you're like, why is this happening? Like, what, what is going on? Why, why do I feel so distracted? Yet, I don't even know what I'm distracted by. Oh, okay. But I couldn't focus on anything. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking the woman who was speaking, I hated her, but I also, like, wanted to, like, go talk to her. Why did you hate her? I don't know. I just, like, wanted to not... Did you know her? N- not at the time. Okay. I did not know her.
0: So you didn't have, like, a personal reason to hate her? No, no. You just... I just had this
1: visceral reaction, like... I don't like her. Yeah, like I hate this woman, but at the same time, I like just wanted to like connect with her and no, I just had a lot going on in this moment. I didn't know what was going on because it was super strange. So I just like, I tried to carry on the rest of the day and I just was really distracted, but I, again, I couldn't tell you what I was distracted by. I just was distracted and I thought, well, I guess I'm just hungover, So I'll just (laughs) go to bed. I'll just go take a nap and maybe I'll feel better. And so I went up back to my room, and as soon as my head hit the pillow, I heard a voice say, and Being I knew... Out loud?
0: Outside of you, or in your head, or what?
1: Again, kind of like describing the feeling, it, it wasn't either, it wasn't... You heard a voice. It wasn't like hearing my... It wasn't like thinking a thought, and it wasn't like Me hearing your voice.
0: It was somewhere else. But it
1: was like a clear...
0: Communication. Communication. Okay. What did with it say? Words yep. in the English language. English. <laughs> right. yeah. Yes, my only language.
1: <laughs> and uh, the voice said, Your life is going to start over from this day forward. And I just started bawling and I didn't know what was going on. And I remember this was like a physical feeling. It was like all of a sudden I felt like every bad thing about myself and it was like overwhelming. And, and then in a second, it was gone. And I felt like just a different person. And I was like, what the just happened? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? And I don't know. I couldn't tell you how I knew, but I knew it was Jesus. Like, I knew that. And I knew about Jesus. I, you know, I grew up in America. And <laughs> I like went <my> Catholic Church <laughs> sometimes. So it wasn't like a foreign thing. But I didn't know. I had never heard of like... God talking to people like I had never heard of anything like what I had experienced so I didn't have any grid for it but I just knew what I knew and so I guess now I would describe the feeling was like a tangible physical feeling of forgiveness it was like from him to you yes and it it was just the stark contrast of like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden like I'm a disgusting human being and then I was like (laughs) but it's okay but it's it's gone yeah
0: Yeah.
1: it's gone now And I, I mean, the whole thing probably lasted, I don't know, two minutes. It wasn't long, but it felt like, you know, my whole world changed. And I felt so different. Like, I can't can't even describe how it felt. I remember going downstairs. Well, first, actually, I called, like, the only Christian I knew, like, evangelical (laughs) Christian. I was like... I had to tell you something that just happened and also I had like treated this person pretty poorly and I like one of the first things I thought after that encounter was I knew that I just felt like not worthy of being like in that person's presence because they were just like such good people and it was like you know I'm I was doing a lot of bad stuff and You know, I just, they didn't know, but I just didn't feel, like, worthy of, and so I called them, and I apologized, and I was like, I have to tell you what happened, and so they were, like, crying on the phone as a husband and a wife, and, Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, so we kind of, and they kind of, like, mentored me over the next, you know, several, like, period of time or whatever as I was, like, exploring all this stuff, but I remember that night going back down, there was, like, a dinner banquet at the conference, and I was talking to my boss, and I started like laughing in the middle of the conversation because it was the first time I had had a conversation with someone that I could ever remember in my life where I wasn't thinking about what they thought of me. And I, it was one of those things where I didn't know it was there until it was gone. And I was like, this is so amazing. Wow. <laughs> like this is such an amazing yeah, feeling. Totally. And I kept waiting for it to like, like thinking like, is this just like a high that goes away and it never did and like it just like my life just dramatically changed and that's not to say they're not highs and lows or whatever but it it was it just never it never went it never went away and I remember praying well I thought like okay I want to go to church but like I've never been to a church where anything like this has happened so I don't know where to go and I felt like overwhelmed with all the options and I just didn't know so I was just gonna go to a Catholic Church but I said that's all I know but God if there's somewhere else you want me to go um, just like tell me and this person I had met at the conference calls me on a saturday night and was like hey i'm gonna try this new church on sunday do you want to go with me and i was like oh my gosh i prayed and god answered my prayer and like i was just yeah and so i joined i went to that church and i found a small group and it changed my life and it led me to the church that i go still go to now um yeah and then bethel that's a whole other story
0: right so let's like pop over i know that's not all we're talking about today but i do want them to just kind of get a grid for this a bit So somewhere in that journey, you ended up coming back to Redding, California. Yes. Like the tiny town you left Mm -hmm. and you weren't planning on coming back to. Mm -hmm. Is that true?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, probably.
0: So you came back to Redding, why'd you do that by the way?
1: Um, I was just like having a really hard time in DC. I was just really overwhelmed and-
0: You needed a break.
1: Yeah. I don't think I could have, I guess it was probably burnout. It's probably-
0: (laughs) I think they call it burnout.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was hard and I felt exhausted and I just felt like I couldn't be there anymore.
0: Okay, so you came to Reading.
1: Yeah, I came to just like regroup. Yeah,
0: and yeah. you didn't know about mean Beth- You knew of Bethel, but
1: yeah, was can you tell us about that for a second? I remember at my church in, in Northern Virginia, which is outside of D.C., where I went, where I live now. Um, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was talking to people at church and I was talking to someone and they asked where I was from, and I said Northern California. And they're like, Have you ever heard of Redding? And I was like, What? I was like, You've heard of Redding? I mean, to me, it's, it's a small town that I grew up in. And they're like, Yeah, Bill Johnson. I was like, Who's Bill Johnson? <laughs> and they're like, You don't know Bill Johnson? Bethel? I was like, Bethel Church? Like, I knew what Bethel Church was because I grew up, like, you know, we're from the hearth. I don't know, people. Oh, they're not going to know. That. They're not. Yeah. Okay. I grew up, like, Bethel is in my backyard. So, like, I knew. The church, but to me it was just a local church and it was like a kind of a weird church. <laughs> <You> <laughs> what do <did> you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean. It
0: was cool. I know, they, maybe they don't know. They don't know? Well, they probably know.
1: Okay. Well like, you know. Church. It was weird. It's charismatic. You know, we knew they believed in like healing and stuff. I knew one kid who went to Bethel and he was kinda weird. He was actually just really nice, which in high school is weird, you know. Totally. Um <laughs> Um So and it was never I never had like a My opinion of it was neutral. It was just a fact that it was... Just Bethel
0: Church was there. Weird, weird.
1: yeah. Yeah. Like, we played them in sports, like Bethel Christian School. And, like, so I had been, like, in the gym and, you know, just stuff like that. So there was a familiarity with it. But I didn't know why a person 3,000 miles away knew about it. Right. That was weird. I felt... I remember feeling almost, like, dizzy. Like, what's going on? Like, why... Like... Why do all these people... And then that happened like three times. Like the next two people I met at church were like, oh my gosh, Bethel Church. And I was like, what is going on? And someone took me to the church bookstore. And there was like a whole section in the bookstore of books from Bethel pastors. And I was like, what the hell is this? (laughs) I was like, this is crazy. So I was like, yeah, my mind was blown. I remember calling my mom and I was like, did you know Bethel is famous? And she was like, yeah, I think so. They have like a school or something now. I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, I don't even, I don't even know what to do with this.
0: And at this point, I had probably already gone through the school.
1: Let's see. This would have been in two, like 2010.
0: Yeah, I was in second year.
1: Oh, wow. Wow, this is happening. That's crazy. That is crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, carry on. So then in 2012, I came back here not even to go to Bethel, although I knew that I probably would go to church there because... Of all these people. Yeah, because I loved my church in D.C., and they loved Bethel, and I was like, great, good enough for me. I'll just go there. So I came here, and I tried to find a job. I'm getting bored with this story.
0: You got hired at Bethel. Yeah, I got hired (laughs) at Bethel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we met because you were sharing office space with the area that in the admin office
1: yeah correct and like we went to like an admin lunch yeah i think that's where we met i was just talking to bethany about this the other day because i also met her at an admin lunch and i was telling valley her husband this is our friend a friend of ours (laughs) how she and i met remember how i met her i met her i barely knew her and i was like she's gonna be my best friend and i was telling everyone that and i there was one particular story (laughs) remember <laughs> like, a couple times I was with you, someone would bring up Bethany, and I was like, Bethany, I won't say her last name. I was like, and um, I'd be like, this Bethany? I was like, she's my future best friend. You were like, you have to stop telling people that. That's really creepy. <laughs> I said that? Yes, and guess what? Eight years later, Bethany is my best friend.
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it worked
1: oh, out. that's hilarious.
0: Yeah, you said that. <laughs> that was a tangent, but I just wanted
1: to tell that story. I said that? Yeah.
0: You have to stop telling people that. It's creepy.
1: Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I you think don't I could... think
1: that sounds like something you would say?
0: Maybe it was something I'd say back then, yeah. Oh, I think okay. I've gotten a lot weirder since then. You know? Um, was I like parading around and you just kept telling everyone that we met? Wait, what? I feel like I threw you in a cart at one point and kind of dragged you around and introduced you to a bunch of people.
1: I don't remember a cart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I meant like a metaphoric oh. cart. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, Mike was like my what's it called, my concierge. Mm-hmm. Right, at I was he, like, Yes, he like introduced me to people.
0: <laughs> and she kept telling all these people this girl's gonna be her best friend. I'm like, you can't tell them that.
1: Right. That's funny. Yeah, okay. I know. But yeah.
0: So nice. Okay, so then um, fast forward, you left. You obviously had your time in Reading. It was transformative. It was powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, you continued to grow in favor with the Lord and with people and all the things. And then you moved back to DC five years ago now. Yeah. Which
1: is crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. This 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 month is five years at my job. Wow. Yeah.
0: And now you're the vice president of publicity and marketing. marketing. Yes. That's crazy. It is
1: crazy. (laughs) And we've talked. We've had some fascinating conversations (laughs) about
0: you rising through the ranks and growing in your favor and promotion, and you having to make decisions with employees and using your discernment. To yeah. navigate that arena, right? Can you take a moment to share a story of like something in that arena? Yeah, let
1: me tell you one that happened like two weeks ago. Oh, this one's fresh. Yeah, I might tear up. Oh, good. I hope was, you do. If you're going
0: to pull it off and wipe it on the mic, so the <laughs> audience can feel
1: it. Yeah, and he thinks that he doesn't do say weird things. <laughs> I said that I do. We were we went on a walk the other day, <laughs> oh and he was God. like, <laughs> he was like, "Hang on, I need my umbrella." It was a little overcast, and I was like. I was like, oh, no, I checked, and it says 0% chance of rain, and he goes, oh, it's not for the rain, and I was like, I'm literally humiliated to be in public with you.
0: I know, we spent the first, like, minute of that walk, of you just, like, berating me, which, by the way, I posted on Instagram, like, four days ago about the whole umbrella thing, and you were just, like, a straight-up troll. You just were, yeah, I wrote about you in that post before you ever said anything to me. Yeah,
1: well. It's funny. dramatic.
0: You're right. Yeah, it's (laughs) embarrassing.
1: Anyway. (laughs) Two weeks ago, you're
0: tearing up. Tell us now.
1: Okay, now I have to, like, regroup. Remember the story I was telling. (laughs) Um, You know, during this time, you know, in podcast land, if you listen to this in the future and the quarantine and pandemic is over, we are in the middle of quarantine uh, pandemic land. Um, So, it's been, you know, unusual for everybody. And so, at work, we're all working remotely, we're not allowed in our office and all that stuff, just like tons of people. And it's been difficult, I mean, financially for the company and just lots of unique challenges and personally and professionally and all this stuff going on. And for me, I found myself, um, I guess struggling a little bit because I had my own personal struggles that I was trying to work through in response to all this stuff just like sorting through my own emotions and like frustrations and questions and all this stuff and then in the middle of that realizing like i have a whole team of people that i'm responsible for and i want to like do a good job leading them they're all you know pretty significantly younger than i am actually it's a couple of them are actually older than i am but most of them are like 10 years younger than i am so this is this is new for me. This is super new for them to go through something like this and just trying to balance, like, how do I take care of my own heart and how do I take care of them and just spending lots of time in prayer. And I felt like God told me for my own life, independent from work, that he was going to do more with less. That was just like a theme that I really felt and like was holding on to. And then one day I remember I was in my kitchen, I was cooking and I felt like the Lord told me to tell them that and to tell them that, that he said that, which is like a big step for me. You know, like I, um, I have some comfort level, like kind of secretly prophesying over people where they don't really like know it. And I'm not necessarily (laughs) saying like the Lord said this and like bringing in the spirituality, but I felt really convicted that I was supposed to like,
0: tell them God said, I'm going to be more blessed. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, I, um, and they're... Are I, they
0: believers? You're... Your yeah,
1: yes, most, I think most of them are. A lot of them are Catholic. And none of them are charismatic or, like, in the like prophetic... Spirits, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, I try to be sensitive about all the crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I do joke about how I'm crazy all the time, though, so, with, like, my spirituality. So, uh, you know, they know, like, they know my beliefs and all of that. Um, but it just felt particularly vulnerable to like, give them a word, you know, like that's something that's very much in my personal life and not in my professional life. So I, um, yeah, we had like a team meeting and we had just, we had just had to lay off two people on our team, which was really hard and really How sad. big is your team? How many people were talking It was eight and now it's six. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, it was hard. For me, hard for them. It's a little scary and unsettling. And they were, you know, good friends. Like we had all right. had a collegial relationship. Um, so we just we had our like weekly team meeting and we're going over different things. At the end, I was like, okay. I was like, uh, I have one thing that I want to share with you guys. <laughs> I could feel my whole like tone and persona change. Like I had, I felt really. Vulnerable. I didn't feel, like, as authoritative as <laughs> maybe I normally would in a team meeting, like, sharing, you know, whatever strategy and all that. Um, I said, but I, it's just something I really felt that I'm supposed to share with you. And I just told them, I said, I, I feel like, um, like, God has been telling me he's going to do more with less. And I, and that's for you, too. And, like, I just went through all the things that seem like they're being taken away and they're less. And... It was just super cool because it was all over, you know, Zoom. It wasn't Zoom, but you know, video chat or whatever. But I could feel the receptivity, and so that was like really encouraging to me. Even though there wasn't a lot of reaction, and then you know, I finished, and it was pretty quick. And they were all just so kind, like they were so grateful. Is how it felt to like hear something like that, which was encouraging because I felt it was it was hard. It was like, it was a scary thing for me to do to bring that part of my life into my job. But, um, it felt really special and it felt true, you know, and it felt like there was something in speaking it that made it true. Like it, you know, it had to be released in order for it to be true. So,
0: so I've always had an appreciation for the Joseph and Daniel scenario Mm -hmm. of people participating in a like a secular environment, if you will, like something that's of the world. that's not like sanctioned under like the authority of God. It's like these, these governments and these companies, these kingdoms are operating separate from all that. And someone who is submitted to God and are walking with him operating in that space and watching that environment respond to that Mm -hmm. person's influence and their participation. Right. I have such a huge value for that because I know every workspace I've ever been in since I started working. Um, I've always enjoyed and observed the environment bending to me eventually. It didn't always happen right away. But I knew that if I was just consistent and I said yes to who I was and what the Lord was to me and what He was saying, whatever it was that I understood, if I brought that to the table, I, maybe I didn't speak Christianese, right or like ex- like try to explain it to people, but I just demonstrated it, right. And my attitude and my posture, and my response and my contribution was in line with where I was coming from in that space. I found that people who were unchurched, who were atheists, who were offended at Christians, whatever, were really favorable toward me, right? And, like, receptive and, like, had a value. They didn't just, like, tolerate me. Like, they had a value for me and, like, preferred me and, like, would ask me things and come to me for advice or confess their sins to me or whatever. You know what I mean? That would literally start happening. I'm like, what is going on? And so um, I know that you also have had some experiences like that. In your environment, right? Um, and I don't think that's unique to me. I think that's a thing that is supposed to happen with any believer who's in a, you know, a, a worldly environment, if you will. Yeah. Um, can you just talk, maybe not specific incidents so we don't uncover anyone, but could you have yeah. any, like, principles or, like, observations you learned from that dynamic that you'd want to throw in on the commentary?
1: Yeah, one of the... It's interesting because probably one of the most impactful observations is watching how some other Christians conduct themselves in that environment and be like, I don't want to be like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like what? Um. Again, not any instances. Yeah. What are you talking about?
1: I think it's, and I, I have not like unlocked or discovered the key to all of this, but it's just something I'm always thinking about and asking the Lord about. I think that a lot of Christians feel like, you know, we understand that we're supposed to be set apart, but they focus too much on setting themselves apart instead of, like, trusting that, mm-hmm. like, who they are is set apart. Mm-hmm. Like, and operating in your identity will, auto it automatically does that. And mm-hmm. it, but I think if, if you, as a Christian, focus on making your behavior look like it's set apart you're actually just drawing a line Mm -hmm. and I've just seen a lot of Mm -hmm. believers in the secular world like basically build walls Mm -hmm. and they operate and talk to people and you can feel like I'm on this side of the wall and you're on that side of the wall and there's this agenda like I love you so much that I want to bring you over to my side of the wall but all the person on the other side of the wall feels is division and instead of being the one who comes to the other side of the wall mm. and, like, meets them where they are. Mm. And I've seen a lot of people be really hurt and angry by behavior. I, the, the people I've had the hardest time with getting along with are other believers in this environment. Um, yeah, so that's just... Watching that has given me just a lot to think about. And I, I do think because I grew up, Without, like, I didn't grow up in church, and I didn't grow up with, as you said, like a framework for Christianity. I think that actually helps me. I'm like pretty comfortable with in secular environments and with, you know, non-believers, excuse me, or whatever. And um and I don't really think about it. And actually, a lot of times I think like, am I? And I think this is a lie. Like I find myself like, am I? Am I acting too, like, am I not acting like a Christian or whatever? Like, if I'm hanging out, like, sometimes I use bad language. I mean, that happens. And those (laughs) are things that I try to, you know, I do try to watch it. But at the same time, this is controversial. I think, like, sometimes you can, you, like, win people. Not if it's contrived, but if you're just, like, an authentic person who isn't, like always above everybody else I guess I don't know I think it levels with people sometimes and I remember a spiritual mentor telling me that one time that she, when she was an atheist she like met all these Christians and one of the things that stood out to her was they cussed and it made her feel super comfortable like okay these aren't the kind of people who are like judging me And so, I'm not saying like go out there and like drop F bombs or whatever, but I'm not saying don't. You know, like I Mm -hmm. guess just being a real person goes a long way because your identity is in Christ. So, if you're just being who you are, I think there's faith in trusting that like just living your life will have an impact on people rather than having an agenda to have an impact on people. But the flip side is I think, and in my experience, it is also important to be super intentional and like just pay attention and like think about how you're interacting with people. But not in the way that's like making sure you're behaving, but making sure you're listening and like discerning and like picking up on what's in the room and like, how you're supposed to respond, that's an advantage we have as believers that like other people, even other believers don't have. And there can be a tremendous impact if you know how to be sensitive to what's happening in a room and make a different choice on how to respond based on that than just like whatever your gut reaction is. Mm,
0: Totally. So with your involvement in this space, have you observed that your environment Pushes you away? Are they responsive to you? Do they are they celebratory of your voice in their space? Like how have they responded to your presence?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel uh I feel accepted and influential.
0: Well, why do you feel that way?
1: This <laughs> is one of those things you're like, I don't want to talk yes. oh, okay, fine. <laughs> That's the good stuff. I know, right, I had to think long. about it. I guess I don't want to sound like like
0: well, because the thing is, I guess what I'm where I'm coming from is this is not something you did.
1: Right, right, right. It's something that happened.
0: Yes. Right? Yes. We can leave that alone. It's fine. I do want to talk about politics a little bit.
1: Okay.
0: Obviously that's an arena you run in mostly, right? That's your that's your world.
1: Wait, I wanna say something <laughs> else. <laughs> I just want to clarify that I do think, and this is something I'm i I'm always thinking about, and I'm open to it. I struggle because there's a lot of intentionality in the way I behave. And like, I feel called to be where I am and I take it really seriously. But there's also, like Mike said earlier, the people that I work with and interact with and feel called to serve are real people that I really love. Like, in this calling, there are people that I care about. And I think I feel super sensitive to sounding like they're a project or totally. something. Yeah. You know? And so I get nervous kind of talking yeah. about it like that because that's not how it feels. I can look back and because I live my whole life with intentionality, not just at work and not just in my calling, I'm not clocking in and out of being like a believer who's called to bring the kingdom to earth. It's it's everywhere. But I think when it Comes to how that manifests in in interactions with non believers or in the culture and all of that. I just, I get, I feel sensitive about how that might be received if it's different for me to talk to you about it and like you get it, but I don't know who's listening or who will listen and I don't want someone to misunderstand. Yeah, totally.
0: And that's the scientist part of this in my mind. Because to me, it's less about these individuals or even about you, and it's more about paying attention to. Or, like, recognizing it's not the agenda or the strategy that produced the result. It's the nature, hmm. right? And it's the demonstration, not of contrived agenda, like you mentioned, but an admittance yeah. of who you are and what's coming out of you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Christians, I think, run into trouble being that or bringing that to, any, to space that they're in because they have such religious Doctrinal yeah. like dogma that is running how they think they're allowed to be in a space. It's not coming from love, it's not coming from an expression, it's coming from their their definition of obedience, putting air quotes on that obedience, like duty,
1: right? Obligation.
0: I'm a Christian, therefore I can't or I have to, right. blah, blah, blah. And right. it's not how he governs us, right? It's not how he leads. Yeah. And so I, I think I just love to- like looking at the contrast of those dynamics, because I think a lot of well-intentioned Christian people miss following the spirit in any in, in a space, especially outside of the four walls of their church building, because they've mislabeled yeah. what walking with the Lord looks like. And you know, there are all these taboo things you're not allowed to touch. And they're all the things you have to do. When this moment shows up, here's how you have to act. And I'm like, man, that's not it, right? We miss it so much. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you're someone who walks in the other way where you you follow the spirit of what God is doing and he's not hung up on the details or things that yeah. aren't looking the way they have to or whatever. And you know, that's where my that's the value that I'm like looking at is like, that's powerful and important. And I love, yeah. you know, you didn't get into the by commentary. But I understand the sensitivity because it's also in the space of hearts and people right? Yeah. and right. So I get it. I get it. <laughs> totally. Um so obviously being a Christian in a public or like a political public world, like you're yeah. not just like in an office somewhere, you work with a lot of hire you know visible people and all mm-hmm. that um i'd love to hear some of your if you're you know share what you <laughs> want i know obviously some of this can get you know sensitive whatever yeah, but like hard. i want to hear about um like some of your perspective and opinion on even just the political climate of the country at the moment um things you run into on a regular basis oh, any boy. notes or observations <laughs> that you've, you've observed and i want you guys to understand as the lead listeners like Alyssa. I want anybody I interview on my podcast to get to share whatever they think, whatever they believe, and for me not to necessarily have to agree with them, for them to be able to share it here. Like, I want them to have space and permission to do that. Now, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with anything is about to share. I want you to know it's her opinion, and she gets to share that, and I want her to be able to do that. And I think I'm going to have other people on... No, I think. I think I'm just going to confess this, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> my plan is to have other people in my world, like, I want to interview them on my podcast and let them share things that maybe I don't agree with. That I don't see, you know, truth in or whatever. But if they experience that and that's what they believe and what they're seeing, I want them to be able to share that. And it's not like, hey, everyone think and believe this stuff. It's, hey, this person thinks and believes that. And we get to sit there and decide what yeah. we want to do with that information, right? So, yeah. you well, have- I
1: actually want to surround myself with people who only agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got some, you yeah, guys, by the way, I have some people who I'm going to interview on this thing that- have strong opinions, beliefs, and experiences that are contrary to what would be popular Christianity. They're believers, but their experience is different than you know the the brochure it lets you talk about. And I want them to be able to share their perspective and their journey and their opinion and why. And yeah. not that I'm endorsing it, but that I want them to be able to just like get to share those things. And I want us to get to wrestle through that stuff. So I want you guys to know we are heading in that direction. It's something I really care about. I think I've tried to like censor some of this to like make it palatable for my audience. And I think that I'm like, nope, if people want to leave, I want them to leave. If people would like that, I want them to show up. But I want us to have honest conversations here where we can actually look at these things and not have to do the Christian censorship thing and actually like talk about real stuff, right? So anyway, that being said, um, I think I just gave you a bit of a menu you can work with, but anything in there? (laughs) Do you want me to give you something specific? Yeah. Okay. Um, Can we talk about Trump for a second? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Is that specific enough? (laughs) do oh, you don't want to talk about that? No, that's fine. Okay, so politically, you probably fall more on the conservative side. Yeah, I
1: fall right? extremely on the conservative side. Extremely? If anyone Google, I mean, you gave my name and my title and my company, you Google me, you'll find out.
0: You okay, so know. that's, poli- that's like, extremely conservative. You know,
1: I work... I work for a very conservative company, like that's what we do. So that's okay. not I don't that's not something I'm interested in hiding yeah. necessarily. And
0: I, yeah, I don't think you need to. Yeah. So being a an extremely conservative, spirit filled believer. Did I say extremely? You did. You okay. said extremely. I just wanted to know. Do it. you, you said that it, it <laughs>
1: sounded scariest. <laughs> wow. <wrong. laughs>
0: extremely yeah. conservative. No,
1: yeah. I'm I'm decidedly conservative. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay, so being a spirit filled, decidedly conservative conservative political professional.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, can you tell us a little bit about your perspective on this Trump episode we're having as a country? This guy's our president, has been for the last four years. You know, We're going into a re-election this year. Um, any thoughts you want to throw in there? Not to provoke or yeah, yeah. Like convince anyone, anything, but more just like, what is? what are your thoughts? I just want to know like, yeah. what your perspective is on that.
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting. I mean, I definitely have thoughts. It's also like my life day in and day out so sometimes i forget about my own opinion about it because it's just part of my job Mm -hmm. um but i actually would say probably in the last year i have become more connected with my own feelings and opinions about what's going on like i used to really keep it very compartmentalized like that was work and it was not something i really thought or cared about to a certain extent like i i didn't have a problem and i on some level agreed with most things you know that the conservative or right wing people cared about but i just didn't they weren't a priority to me and i think that something sh- i know like i actually know the exact thing that it was but something shifted for me that i made me become more bought Decided. into what is like can, having can you share with us what <laughs> yeah, that thing was? Sh- what happened? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Trump thing is so interesting. The so movie- you
0: guys, if you didn't see this? We just bust up laughing for no reason to them. Um, oh, Ruby's because of Ruby. managing <laughs> Our podcaster, she's on the other side of this little so microphone, nodding her head emphatically, like yes, share that. She That's can't wait laughing. for me
1: to talk about Trump.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us about this moment. What happened?
1: <laughs> um, well, so overall, my feelings about Trump, I've. I I guess I would describe it as, you know, if he's a character or whatever, and, like, sometimes... I wish you could see my face, because my face is how I feel about it. You're cringing him. a little bit? A little bit, but I have always loved, like, how much he doesn't care about offending people. Because, you know, in politics, everything is about optics and about you know saying the right thing and about messaging and all that and he does not care like he's just like no and it's so refreshing but it also is enraging to so many people and that the reaction people have had to him is what is most interesting to me like what it's exposing yes exactly it's like it's like um a, a macro example of like literally people being like someone being triggered spiritually. Like when you say something and they just like, yeah, they can't handle it, but it's happening on a massive scale. (laughs) (laughs) And so I don't, it's like, I don't even like think about for the most part, like what he's saying, like what I think about what he's saying, I just see the reaction. I'm like, well, something that is deeply rooted in this country is being offended, and I think that that is a good thing. Now, I don't know how on a macro level it's like a sozo. I'm sorry, I don't about sozo. Okay, whatever, we'll forget about that. <laughs> but it's like something is being uprooted norms, beliefs, probably like strongholds, um,
0: like foundational structure. Yes,
1: yeah, that are just in our society are being uh, uprooted, and I think. Um, For me, something happened when the whole the during the impeachment. So, for anyone who follows politics, it was Russia, Russia, Russia for three years. Trump colluded with the Russians. This is the Carter the Carter Page story. You could Google that. Google Carter Page. They ruined his life. Anyway, he's, he's doing fine, but I um, <laughs> have to be careful about that one. But anyway, you, you can Google it and learn more about the story. You can see him on the news, like Carter Page and Mike Flynn, all these people who were accused of being like Russian assets. I mean, like, like zero foundation made up stuff. The media just slandered and smeared them all because of this visceral reaction against Trump. It was like they would do anything. So they go through this whole investigation for three years in Russia, and they investigate, they do the investigation, comes out, there's no collusion, and then they do an investigation of the investigation and find out that there was all kinds of misconduct and corruption in how they actually conducted the investigation, doctored evidence, this and that, and, I mean, completely exo- exonerated, um, exposed that not only did this not happen, but that people manufactured... Evidence to make it seem like it happened, and it still was not true. And you'd think like that kind of exposure, that's it. But then they move on to this like Ukraine thing with the impeachment, and it's like, are you kidding? Like this is a joke. Like now this is, I mean, it was, it was frustrating to watch before. Like it's shameless.
0: Just yes, it's like you don't even care to try and hide it anymore. You're right? just Clearly out of control.
1: Yes, that's how it felt to me. And it was just like something clicked in me and I was like, I, I don't know. I, I cannot abide this. Like I feel really strongly for me, probably my, most of my anger is towards the media. And I think that has to do with, I mean, I work in media. I have a love hate relationship with it. It's such a powerful tool and it's totally misused on both sides. And like, that's. I mean, I don't like conservative media. I mean, there are definitely some great people, but I mean, it's just um I can't wait for this election. I can't wait to see what happens. It's going to
0: be crazy. What do you think's going to happen?
1: I honestly don't know.
0: You don't know if Trump'll no. get reelected.
1: I think Trump'll get reelected, but I don't think it's going to be that simple. I don't know what's going to happen. But the pandemic stuff, that's a factor. Like, I don't even know if there's going to be conventions this year. They're talking about canceling elections, which you can't do. It's in the Constitution, so you, like, mail in ballots only, which there's tons of voter fraud accusations that come with that. If you go to Trump's Twitter in the last two days, it's, like, all about voter fraud and all this. Like, things there, there is something <laughs> happening in this country right now that is – uh, I don't even know how to describe. I don't. I don't know what's it's indescribable. happening. Something is happening though. Like because this is not just like. Is it good or bad? I think it's good, but it's ugly. You know, it might like be painful. Oh it's yeah. It's worse before it gets better. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Um, <laughs> oh no. Nice, oh thank Maria. you. Wow, Ruby to the rescue. Sorry, I needed a Kleenex. She's prepared. Um. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know that I have more to say about that, except that it's not just like a nasty election year. It's not just like, I don't know. It's, I think it's unlike anything that's ever happened. This whole Trump thing, it's something for sure. And ah, this pandemic, man, like...
0: Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Wow. Thoughts on this pandemic that's going on.
1: <laughs> I can't share my real thoughts. You can't? Why not? <laughs> because they're crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, show us your fake thoughts. The ones that are more socially acceptable.
1: Um, I think... I don't know that I'm i don't know that i'm ready to share my thoughts not i mean i'm joking about them being crazy there's some of those but mostly like i'm not sure yet like they're not fully formed but i will say i do not understand the magnitude of the reaction to this but like like it is wild wild they shut down the whole country it's the highest unemployment since the great depression it's awful people are losing their businesses and their livelihoods and their jobs and there is a Disturbingly large number of people who don't seem to think that that's important enough to, you know, move forward in reopening. And I, to me.
0: What's not important enough? The fact that people are losing their jobs. The fact that jobs? people are losing mm-hmm.
1: their jobs. You like. Mean like in government.
0: Or are you talking yeah, about only the people. Uh, both. Okay. But
1: both. But it's disturbing to me how quickly we as a country just conceded to. This massive overhaul of our day to day lives and um, I think this is what I was telling you the other day there is there's a guy named Dennis Prager and he has a radio show and he runs PragerU if you've ever heard of it and um, yeah, I heard him give a speech a couple years ago and I'll never forget it because it was so true he said people he said humans number one he said humans don't desire freedom they desire to be taken care of And freedom is a really hard sell for people because for a lot of people, when they hear freedom, they just think of responsibility. And most people, like, it's, they don't want that. They want someone to take care of things for them. And to me, this pandemic, like, revealed that. It was so easy for... Like the
0: character of the people of this country. Yes,
1: it was so easy for people in the media and in the government to, like, throw out a bunch of scary unknowns. And for the whole country to be like, okay, just do whatever, like do whatever we have to do, shut it down, you know, whatever. But now something else is interesting is happening because there is is still a large faction of people, probably at least 50 percent of the country, who are now going to start like revolting. Like this is not sustainable. People are not, and so there's a, there's like a division. I mean, there's a huge division between the people who think. You're a monster and you wanna like kill all the old people if you wanna open the government back up and let people go back to their lives. And then there's a whole faction of people who feel like
0: You're all fear mongers and you're trying to ruin our, yes, our freedoms or Yes, Right, away. right okay. exactly. So And you notice
1: And it's all happening during an election year and not even just any election year, the re-election of the most controversial president of the United States. <laughs> oh my god, it sounds like a movie. Yes, it's crazy.
0: It sounds like a show that you're like, are you kidding me? This is so unbelievable. Only it's real. My
1: life feels like a show. (laughs) Honestly, it's crazy. I think
0: there are people picketing today on this on data and hilltop. If you didn't drive that intersection, the whole intersection. There, people have signs. Good. You know, my freedom doesn't end where your fear begins. Oh, I love
1: that.
0: Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I want to just realize
1: that. (laughs) Ruby's gonna go over there after this. She's gonna sign. Yeah, it is
0: such an interesting terrain Oh yeah, through. The world is changing so fast. We didn't fast. even talk about Joe Biden, but that's okay. Oh my okay. god. <laughs> Let's take a moment. We've got five minutes. Okay. Any thoughts on Joe Biden you want to throw in No, I don't
1: want to end on Joe Biden. Oh, you don't want to end no. there.
0: Okay, what do you want to end on? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to end on? Well, I guess my question Except for you would be as as we're Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> as we are winding down. Okay, maybe we don't end on Joe Biden. Do you want to throw in a 30 second to a minute? I, there's,
1: I just don't see any way he could even come close to being Trump. The man is suffering from dementia, clearly. I mean, he is senile at best. And he's going to have to debate Trump. And it's going to be insane. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be sad. It's sad to watch. Like
0: watching his health deteriorate? Or oh, watch yeah. his professional he can't careers? can't put together,
1: like, mm. coherent sentences. He can't remember anything. He calls people the wrong... I mean, it's like... But these people are so desperate... For an
0: alternative.
1: Yes, that they're, like, you know, uh, taking advantage of this old man.
0: You think they're just using him?
1: Oh, absolutely. Which is, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my God. Okay, so I guess my, I we've we got to land this plane, but so my question for you would be, at this point, in the midst of all this, um, when it comes to speaking to the American people, right? And I've got... I, and we've got people who aren't in America, who are listening to sure. care, so, you know... They'll hear this, but as specifically because you're American, you're in the middle of all of this in this country, and then the career you've chosen, the profession you're in, and mm-hmm. the things you have your hands in. What is a piece of advice or a couple of items of things you want to you would like to say? Like if you had something to say to the American people, like you guys,
1: oh think about gosh. this, care
0: about this. This is important. You need to change this. You need to do this. You need to not do any of those things. What would you say to them?
1: Wow, that's a hard one.
0: Okay, you have two minutes left. Well, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, had think. I had to think about it. You don't know that already? No. Interesting.
1: I know. I guess it would be to get off of Facebook. <laughs> just it's get off. Just it. don't be on there. Yeah. Really? What? No, you, but just okay. to be really careful about... I wish I could have thought about this more because I, I... I don't mean, understand how you will, haven't
0: thought about this already.
1: I, <sighs> what are you doing in politics? I'm not in politics. What
0: are you doing? Marketing? In marketing, oh, okay. Yeah. What... Are you
1: serious? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I have to think about how to put it in like one direction.
0: It sounds to me like you spent some time separating.
1: Yeah, but you... I so it's definitely the one thing. The realm I want people to think more about is media consumption. Like that is thinking? the that's definitely the number one. Okay, tell
0: us about that. What would you advise one. them?
1: I don't see people. the The problem is people ask me this all the time. Like, what's the solution? I'm like. I don't
0: I I know it's a problem, and I don't know what you're supposed to do about it. No, it's true. You haven't thought about the solution.
1: I have thought about it, but I don't have one. Sorry, I've let you down.
0: (laughs) You guys, thank you for listening. That's it. (laughs)
1: Something so when that, it comes it is to I media consumption,
0: what do you want people to be mindful of then? Maybe you don't have to tell them, maybe you're not going to say, hey, do these things. I but- think
1: they should be mindful that the media is a business and they're in the business of scaring you and keeping you tuned in and doing whatever they can. And it is disturbing to me how many people don't know that.
0: Like you think they believe they're just getting legitimate information.
1: Yeah. people. Rather than like a- and the the media is so politicized that people just pick their...
0: They pick one of two Trusted options. news sources.
1: Oh, okay. And they'll believe anything that they say. And a lot of those people aren't even journalists. They're opinion. They're commentators. And this is, I across the board, this is not one side over the other. Um, and the, and the, the media lies to you all the time. All the time. And I, this is, this sounds like disgusting. Not that I lie or anything like that. <laughs> but, you know, I work for a company who wants to sell books we want to sell a product and my job is to turn that product into news but my goal is
0: to sell a book is to sell a book not to inform you
1: yes exactly and and you know that's that's true i am fortunate enough to work for a company that like has a decided set of principles and we only publish things that we believe in and we believe in the work Um, But I have to remind myself, and this is something I think that I've grown in and my team has grown in, that like we have to balance that really well, balance doing our jobs, which is to sell books, with like remembering like what we're doing and like making sure that we're not being the kind of people who take advantage of other people or spin things or twist things just to achieve a goal, but it's when you're like going, 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 and you you have to get, like, media coverage for this thing, it's so tempting to just, like, you turn it there. into something else right. that you know we'll a sell. show is going to like and will mm. sell. Um, yeah, and, and I will say, like, most... Oh, there are not a lot of places like my company who like think about those things and like try to make sure that we're being above board and honest i mean it's a business and it's cutthroat media is a cutthroat place there are people who will do anything to be on tv i mean it's and these are the people who are selling you the news and it's it's a lucrative business okay so so
0: as like a just a general citizen in the midst of all this drama going on any advice for, like, where they should go to get their impressive Yeah, you should j- only
1: read the Wall Street Journal <laughs> and buy Regnery books.
0: <laughs> okay, wait, but in all sincerity, if you're like, hey, if you want to be informed, here are places I would recommend that you're going to get... Obviously, your bias is going to be the conservative side of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, if someone's, like, on the left side of this, they're probably not going to love your recommendation. But as far as your honest endorsement goes, what yeah, would you yeah. recommend? I maybe? would recommend the Wall, Wall Street, Street Journal, Journal. yeah, mm-hmm.
1: because... It's not across the board conservative. It's definitely split. It's high quality.
0: Why Why them,
1: of all the places to get information? Um, just in my experience, they seem to be the least biased. Their and- editorial board is definitely conservative, but their news side is, is not. It's It covers news, and they break news that is on both sides. Like, it's not... Like, I don't think I could point to... Like, sometimes they break news that I like and supports the things I like. And sometimes they break news that reveals things that make the people I like look bad. And um, I just, to me, they're the last publication in America that's, like, balanced and trustworthy.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, WSJ.com. Yeah. Noted. And then what do you mean by stay off Facebook?
1: Facebook is like a cesspool... Of like conspiracy theories the and face. oh god what yeah it's gross like
0: so basically any news yeah. related information don't read don't, it on Facebook yeah only you, check out your friends barbecue and their pool and yeah exactly don't pay attention to the political commentary yes on right. Facebook yeah because this stuff that like it's,
1: legitimate it's, like people now fake news is like such a um, like common phrase or whatever but like there's tons of actual fake news on. Facebook.
0: Can you give us an example of a fake news item that you were aware yeah, of? Yeah,
1: actually, I was just telling Bethany about this. I
0: don't remember Bethany.
1: Remember Bethany?
0: <laughs> back when things yeah. were simpler. Back <laughs> back <laughs> oh, those
1: were, those were good times. We were talking about our testimonies.
0: <laughs> we were talking about our physical, tangible experience Oh my of God, gosh, let's now go now back to that. Now we're ending on
1: this garbage. <laughs> uh... Yeah, there there was some story circulating about how uh, the governor of California, who, full disclaimer, I'm not a fan of the governor of California, that he's like part of a pedophile ring and like, I mean, just crazy stuff. And then serious people are sending it to me and I'm like, okay, where did you, I was like, did, and I always ask, did you get this on Facebook? Yes. That's, you can always tell it has a certain, it has a certain spirit That's on it. It's smutty. Yes, it's just
0: like tabloid, esque. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like National Enquirer, and it's it's alarming to me how many people take it seriously. Yeah, I'm like, how do you not know that this is total bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it seems obvious to me.
0: That's your profession, right? Yeah. 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 Interesting.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So, do you feel hopeful about the future? Are you nervous? Are you afraid?
1: Um, I do No, I do feel hopeful about the future. I would be lying if I said that I don't have moments where I'm like, I do feel concerned. But I have to remember, not to be cliche, but like, I know who wins. Like, I know that the Lord knows more about what's going on than I do. And he's not worried, you know? But the unknown is scary, you know? Yeah. I would say I. it is... I do love it. In the end, like, it frustrates some of it frustrates me, and I have so many opinions, and sometimes I'm like, get me out of here. And right now, I love not being in D.C. It's really nice to get away and have this, like, open-ended time to just, like, be here and not really think about all that stuff and just, like, hang out with my friends and all of that. But at the end of the day, I mean, I do love it. It's fun and interesting and crazy. I meet so many interesting people. I've, I feel like I, this is how I want to end it because I've talked so much crap about so many things <laughs> <laughs> that I have met some of the greatest people I've ever met in in this world, and it. I think that's what gives me hope, is that there are- In po-
0: politics? Yes, okay.
1: there are people like me who, who feel called to be where they are, and they're trying to make an impact in their realm of politics and media, And it feels, it's starting, I I feel like I, um, probably in the last year, like, I started to become aware and meet people like that. It felt like I, I hadn't, I felt kind of alone, I think. And now I feel like I've found this, like, underground network of people and we're all, like, in it together and, like, you know, so it's cool to know that, like, God has placed people... In that realm, and I feel really genuinely privileged that I've gotten to meet some of them, and um, yeah, it's really encouraging. And then just straight up interesting people, like interesting stories, like the, some of the smartest people I've ever met. And I do often think, like, this is crazy. I can't believe this is my life. And like, you know, I'm talking to this person, whatever, and I'm like, this is so unique and unusual, and it's really fun. Nice. And yeah.
0: Cool. I like that. No. That's ex- that's encouraging. Yeah. Frodo still has the ring, and he's progressing toward. Th- that's right. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> nice, Alyssa. Thank you so much for thank being you. on this podcast and for just speaking so candidly with us. I know some of that feels kind of dark and grand yeah. and gritty and whatever, but it's also like an I think a like an, indi- in, an indication of just the atmosphere and the terrain that we're having to navigate as a country with what's going on in the media, but obviously in our politics and the divisiveness of people, how they're handling all this. And it's something we have to address on some level. You know, like people, everyone, we've got a choice. Like, what are we going to do in response? We can't just pretend there's not a mess. We've got a mess, right? Right. So we got to talk about it. So I I love that you were willing to go there and share it. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: I won't pray that this Please, uh, Last time you guys, she
0: prayed that there would be some (laughs) kind of thwart to the episode. And sure enough, we did a different kind of recording method than we normally would have. And the audio quality was so poor that we didn't post it. And she was relieved. And she so confessed relieved. that she prayed that it wouldn't... What did you
1: pray? I just prayed that something would happen that it would never be like aired.
0: You prayed sabotage over my podcast?
1: Uh, I pray protection over my words. <laughs> this isn't about you.
0: <laughs> it's about you. That's right. So it's Okay, no more prayer on that. This no. one's going out there. Yeah, I right. feel good
1: about this one. Okay, good.
0: And if you need to, you can send Micah some notes on edits and you can help cut them out.
1: Wow, I can't wait to talk to Micah. Oh, my. it's going to be so much
0: fun. <laughs> After this episode. Call him
1: right now. Okay.
0: okay, by the way, you guys, before I close this, I want to let you know, this last year, I did this thing called the Numa School of Reformation, so we met every week for two hours, and I taught on just different things. And actually, Alyssa was a guest speaker in New- the Numa School of Reformation, and she so talked about more of this stuff, and it was such an interesting episode, for sure, or like lesson or whatever. Well, you aired that? Well, only to the people that are oh, enrolled okay. in the <laughs> I was
1: like, we had an agreement.
0: <laughs> no, it's only to people okay, in this, yeah. school, yeah. So anyway, I want to let you guys know um, that we are doing that again this year, 2020, but the thing is... The content was so good from this past year, we want to walk people through the same content again. So basically, we're going to open up enrollment in like the next month or so for people to register. And by the way, registering earlier is going to make it a lot more cost effective, if you're thinking about this. Um, but to get to go through this journey with other people, basically going through the, re- the concept from this past year again on a weekly basis.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can I tell them what just happened? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so if you guys are interested in something like that, I would love for you just to pay attention. We'll be releasing it through my social media and those outlets in the next month or so. But basically, it's a weekly two-hour or so um, teaching on how do we approach our spirituality, following Jesus, being led by the Spirit, how do we repent of... Ideals, um, ideals and humanistic practices we've been taught in the church that have nothing to do with scripture or Jesus. How do we adjust those things? What does it look like to follow Jesus now? We get into all kinds of things, obviously discernment, spiritual intelligence, something you just want to be mindful of. So that's coming out. Pay attention if that's something you want. Um, you can email us at contact at if you have any questions on that. And we will see you next time. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes,
1: check out mikemayashiro.com.